Hey guys, welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. Today we got another episode. We're talking about social stigmas, uh, specifically how it pertains to uh, to our lifestyle. You know, uh, being prepared. Uh, well, that means just being prepared at home with uh, supplies, food, water, what have you. Uh, a firearm uh, is certainly part of that. It's a huge part of it. Um, and probably the piece I'll, I'll focus on the most with this, really. Um, there's a lot of differing viewpoints out there when we start talking about firearms, uh, both for people that want to be prepared or people that are outside this lifestyle altogether. Uh, certainly with recent events that have been going on in the country, you know, uh, it's changed, right? People that people that didn't want a gun or didn't think that they needed a gun or that anybody needed one, maybe even, uh, that that's changed. Now we, uh, we have rioting and, you know, people call it peaceful protesting and maybe it starts that way, but you look at what's happened in these major cities, man, it's, it's far from peaceful, right? Uh, it's rioting, it's looting. Okay. Uh, it's violent. People are worried, you know, and rightfully so. I think, I think we're, we're at a, we're at a, a point in in our history as a country right now, and as a society, even uh, we'll take it one one step further. As a society, where uh, things could go a, a few different ways, really easily, um, and it's it's right. You're you're right to be worried, you know. Um, so maybe now is the time that you're thinking, hey, uh, I'd like to have a gun, uh, and you know that carries that statement right there. I'd like to have a gun or I own a gun. Like it carries with it some, hmm, what's the best word for it? Obviously a stigma, but uh, maybe some stereotypes even. And and when we really get into this and we talk about what drives these stereotypes, what drives these, these preconceived ideas a lot of people have about, you know, those of us like myself that, that own a firearm. And a lot of that is driven by what we see in the news and the media, okay? Um, the left versus the right. You know, the right side, the conservative side, is pro-Second Amendment. The left is anti-Second Amendment, you know, and we've seen it in the media. Uh, Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke coming out and saying, oh, we're, gonna, we're coming for your guns. Nobody needs an AR-14. You know, it's, and that's a fear for people like myself that value my freedom to protect myself. You know, that's my responsibility. And we, we have police officers, obviously. And in any instance where I cannot be the one to do that, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I will call the police. I don't, that's probably the biggest one. If we just want to kick it off there, right? Is that you own a gun, you must have some kind of superhero complex. You must have some kind of God complex. You must want to go out and kill somebody. It's really not true. Uh, if anything, um, owning a, you know, when you ask people, why do you want a gun? Uh, if you're not a hunter, like I'm not, I didn't grow up with guns in my home. We weren't, we weren't hunters of any variety. Uh, I say self-defense, you know, and the, the, the key word there is, is defense. It is a defensive tool. Okay. It's no different than anything else in my mind. Uh, you know, a bat, a crowbar, a knife, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a defensive tool to protect yourself, your home, your family. Um, and it gets a lot of, uh, you get a lot of flack for it. Uh, at least until recently you really did. 
we see these these tragic uh, mass mass shootings, right? Public shootings or or school shootings, and in in the midst of everything that would be going on with those, uh, if if you're pro gun, then you must not be pro life. You must want those people to die, and it, and it, it couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, I, I don't think anybody wants to see a loss of life. You know, I don't think anybody wants to take a life either. I certainly don't. I, I definitely don't. Um, but I, we don't know, right? You ask anybody who's ever been in a car accident, did you know <laughs> when and where you were getting into a car accident? Uh, no, because if they did, they probably would have made sure they were anywhere but there, right? It's not a good experience, not a good time. And that's what it's, we're talking about, the prepared mindset of, and let's just talk about the, you know, the stereotyping that goes on with it. Uh, it's, it's driven by politics. It's driven by the media. And a lot of it is fear. Uh, you know, whether you're one of these people that you didn't grow up with guns, you've never, you've never had a gun. Uh, you see what you see on the news. And that for, for the most part is, uh, all, you know, right. I know when I was getting first getting into firearms, I, I didn't have the, the slightest clue where to look for information, right? Uh, I was looking at buying my, my first firearm after uh, my brother and I moved out. He, he bought a house. We moved out together. He bought a gun. Um, you know, I had heard the term Glock before. I was aware of the company Smith & Wesson, but I didn't, I didn't even know where to, to, to look, who to talk to, who could help me. And um, there's, I mean, to an extent, there's a little bit of fear associated with that, you know, fear of, you know, the responsibility that comes with owning a firearm uh, fear of making a poor decision, fear of buying the wrong thing. Cause it's, I mean, it's a fairly large, uh, purchase, right? When we look at it, you're looking at somewhere between, depending what you buy somewhere from 300 to as much as a thousand dollars. And you want to make sure you do the right thing, right? Uh, you're, there's a little bit of fear there. So that really is a huge driver behind why people have the opinions that they do from the media, uh, ingrained by their parents. You know, if their parents, if, if one of these institutionalized ideas that owning a firearm is bad in a lot of circles or a lot of uh, parts of society, right? And that, you know, if you really talk to people and you ask them why, it's, well, it turns, it more often than not, it turns out, well, my parents taught me that guns are bad. We don't ever have them in this home. And that's just the way it is because you don't need a gun. I, I can certainly understand. And like I said, I was raised in a home where we didn't have guns. We didn't hunt. We, it just wasn't part of our life, but I didn't, I also didn't know any better until I, I went out on my own and decided, yeah, I want to own a firearm. I, I want to, I want to be educated about this. Uh, I really want to figure out what I'm doing with this. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out, I, I guess would be the, the, the biggest message I can send to people out there who have questions. And right now, there's probably a lot. You know, I know I have friends that have just bought a firearm or are looking to buy their first firearm right now because of everything that's going on in the world, right? There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty, whether you're a, uh, an individual that was displaced uh, from your employment due to the unfortunate side effects of COVID-19, or maybe you're not. Maybe you have to leave your house every day for work and uh, you're out there in the world in one of these busy metropolitan cities. Uh, maybe one even the, the, the really affected ones right now, like Portland, 
you know, or Chicago, uh, where you're seeing uh, just a tremendous amount of violence and there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty that goes with that, right? I mean, you just, you don't know, but you want to be prepared. You want to be able to protect yourself. And that's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people, uh, you know, the, the outrage mob, the, the politicians who are pandering for votes will have you believe that there, there could, there is something wrong with that idea, depending on, you know, who you're listening to. Um, and that's why I think it's, it's really important to not approach the conversation of firearms, uh, with emotion and with fear, right? Like so many things right now, if you approach it from a logical standpoint and you have a logical conversation with people, uh, I think you'll find some common ground. I think you'd be surprised at how much common ground you can find. And you know what? At the end of it, whether you decide you want to own one or not, hey man, that's your choice. I'm cool with it. My personal choice is that I own obviously firearms and that's that that's what I believe to be right after looking at a lot of facts, after looking at a lot of data. Um, and I, I definitely, I grew up thinking that you didn't need to have them. And then you see things on the news like these school shootings and, and public shootings. And that's the first, that's the, I guess that, that's the biggest uh, pull at the emotions is to try and drive people towards the anti-gun laws. And we have, we have activism groups on both sides, pushing and pulling, for what they think is right. You got the NRA, you got Gun Owners of America, you got some of the, was it Moms Demand Action, I think is one that's uh, a pretty stout advocacy group for gun control. Um, but I, I, I think realistically, if you look at most of these situations, how do they end? Either there's a tremendous loss of life and the shooter then takes their own life, or there's still loss of life and the only thing that stopped the bad guy with the gun was a good guy with a gun and you know if that means you can be that person there to help stop what's happening look at the the incident in texas uh the church the gunman came in and it was a retired sheriff i believe it was a sheriff maybe a police officer a retired peace officer was able to stop it i believe there was a fatality and an injury um, I could be wrong on those numbers, but I, I mean, I know there were injuries for sure, but it could have been so much worse. Just having somebody there at the right place at the right time, and not even just that they had a gun, but that they had a gun and they trained with it, they knew how to use it, they were prepared for that moment. I'm sure that individual did not go to church that Sunday morning thinking, I'm going to need to do this today. I'm positive that's not how that worked, but they were prepared. And I think that one of the one of the most contributing factors to this is irresponsible gun ownership which is why i say in almost everything i think everybody should own a gun if they're willing to train with it if you're willing to accept that responsibility uh, and i think that uh, certain media outlets do a really good job in that regard of highlighting the ones that don't and using those kinds of instances to drive the narrative that we don't need guns but now we fast forward right now we're we're at july 24th of 2020 we have the the covid19 virus right in most instances we've just gotten out of lockdown right we're we're in a much different uh world than we were a year ago uh and we have racial tensions 
there's a whole bunch of stuff going on because it's an election year uh and both sides are very uh let's say uh inflamed just due to uh events such as uh the george floyd incident the 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 protesting that has followed directly after that that's incited a lot of feelings on both sides of the fence regardless of what your views are that's not what the point is the point is is that the environment that has been created because of all of that now you're seeing all of this violence the rioting the looting and all of a sudden you don't hear as much about we don't need guns you don't need a gun she doesn't need a gun we should have more gun control. Now it's people asking, where can I get a gun? And surprise, surprise, since we had this lockdown and things kind of turned the corner a little bit, you can't get a gun right now. You go to your local Cabela's, uh, your local gun store. Uh, sometimes you find some some stock, you will. Uh, but for the most part, these places cannot keep anything in inventory more than a day or two. Anything that shoots one of your... Uh, your major calibers, you know, nine millimeter, 40, 45, five, five, six, two, two, three. You, you cannot find the ammo for it and you cannot find the weapons themselves. And so in that regard, you know, as a new shooter, you're, you're, you kind of, the bus kind of left you behind on that, you know, so it's kind of a, a poor place to be in, but it's definitely something I think a lot of people are considering and should be considering because of what could happen. I don't even want to think about the world we're going to be in when this election happens in another, what, four months or so, and we find out, uh, is Donald Trump our president still, or is Joe Biden? If Trump wins, I, my personal prediction, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of rioting. I think it's going to be bad. I really do. Obviously, I hope it's not, but I, I, I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, on the flip side of that coin, if, uh, if Biden wins, it could also be bad. You might see some of this, uh, the silent majority is uh, a term that's thrown around a lot. Uh, you might, you might see some more from, from those people. It could be really bad. We're at a really tense time in our society right now. Um, so it's scary. It's important to be prepared, uh, to defend yourself and just to ensure your safety, you know? And that's one of the things I really want people to understand is it's a, it, a, it's a tool. Okay. A gun is built, yes, for the purpose of destroying, right? If, uh, you know, whether it's hunting or defense, uh, it's built to kill, right? Uh, but that doesn't make it any different. I mean, look at cars, right? We all accept that responsibility on a daily basis. We have a driver's license for it because it's essential. Why is it essential? Because we got to get to work. We got to get to the grocery store to get food. Maybe you have to get to the laundromat. So you can do laundry and maintain your personal hygiene. So you can get to doctors, right? It's, a, it's an essential part of life. Protection is an essential part of uh, maintaining life, obviously, right? Uh, but it, it seems that that, that kind of has gotten pushed to the wayside. We've become complacent that uh, we, we're just willing to resign our personal safety off to police officers who are overworked and underfunded. In my opinion, you know, this whole defund the police movement, I think, is having the opposite effect. Uh, you know, I, I know it was created with good intentions. I'm sure it was. Uh, but it's having the opposite effect. 
things that we we ask of our peace officers are also things we should be asking of ourselves as a responsible gun owner. Uh, more training, non-lethal uh, escalation or de-escalation. I'm sorry, non-lethal options, and it costs money, right? You have to pay people for their time, whether it's the instructor you're bringing in, the officers who are not out patrolling the street, so they're in training. That's still their job. So while they're in training, they're being paid. Plus, then you have to pay the officers to cover their shifts that are out on the on the street doing the job, protecting you and I on a, a daily basis, right? It costs money. Defunding the police is, a, I think, a terrible idea. Uh, and this, and the, the one of the other things I've seen brought up lately, too, is uh, the media shining this light on these programs from the Pentagon uh, to provide law enforcement with uh, used military equipment. Things like armored vehicles and uh, military-grade gear, which uh, if you ever talk to anybody who is in any kind of uh, combat role or combat-oriented position in the military, uh, military-grade really isn't uh, all it's cracked up to be, and that's that's all I'm going to say about that. It's really not that awesome. But when you look at that, what kind of gear are they supplying? Uh, might it be some rifles? Maybe. Uh, in the article that I read, what they were upset about was a armored vehicle. Okay, it was. It's basically uh, a really, really big SUV that's got armor plating on it, which all that again, that's defensive. All that does is stop the police officers inside from getting shot or killed. Right. Uh, the the body armor, the helmets. Right. Oh, it's riot gear. It's military grade gear. Um, yeah, that's defensive gear to protect them. Which, by the way, people are upset about all that. Uh, because of, again, the, the narrative by the media and the stigma that having that kind of gear pres uh, represents in today's society, uh, as an American citizen, you're also entitled to owning that kind of protective gear, and you can buy it on the civilian market. In most cases, you can buy better gear. I bet you probably didn't know that. Uh, you can actually buy better body armor, uh, which really isn't going to make you indestructible. It's just a 10 by 12 uh, either piece of composite or steel that is going to protect your vitals on the front and the back. It's by no means going to make you like Iron Man or something. But again, that's the stigma we get. The media, the Hollywood even, in the movies, who do you always see walking around in body armor? Oh, it's it's the bank robbers, right? Uh, the movie SWAT, I think it was, back in like 03, you know, Colin Farrell and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, they start with a, the North Hollywood shootout or, or something that's very... Uh, reminiscent to that right and the bank robbers are wearing uh, you know tactical knee pads and boots and uh flak jackets or bulletproof vests you know and they got automatic machine guns and that's that's where a lot of people's mind goes when you say hey i i have a helmet i have body armor and people go why do you need that are you planning on going out and doing something no no i'm not planning on going out and doing anything that's that's absolutely not the case but i am entitled to protect myself so, yeah, a helmet can be helpful, obviously. We have our kids ride bikes with helmets and rollerblade, right? They wear helmets when they do all that. You ride your motorcycle, you have a helmet. Okay, just one that is geared more towards the military application, let's call it, or the self-defense application. It's still just a helmet. Okay, oh, why do you need that? To protect my head. If you are one of the fortunate individuals that can afford to buy uh, night vision, which is very expensive, you're also able to buy that, and you use a helmet to mount it. 
body armor, like I said, it's nothing special and it's not going to make you invincible, but it is going to protect you. And it's something I think anybody, everybody should, should own it. I do. Now, is that realistic? No, no, most people won't, but I think it's something that, uh, everyone should give a hard look at if you're in one of these areas that's really affected by the rioting and the societal tension that we're experiencing. Okay. Like look at, look at Portland, you know, you had the occupied zone, right? That was a big deal for a couple weeks. And then if you're one of the people that live there or near it, unfortunately you were just impacted. There wasn't much you could do about it because who's going to want to buy your place, right? So then we fast forward, they shut that down. Now we're dispatching, uh, you know, BORTAC units, the tactical unit from the border patrol, which I'll be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't realize that was a thing, but we have government agencies out there and it's just, it's complete chaos. And if you're one of these people that have, you have to work in the city of Portland every day, you don't have a choice, right? Because the world, the world continues to spin. You have to go to work, right? So you got to go down there. Well, what if something happens while you're at work? How are you going to get out? You got a plan? Do you own body armor? Do you own a gun? And again, that's not to go out and shoot somebody and to take a side in this war whatever you want to call it. No, it's it's to secure your safety. It's to get you out of the danger, to get you out of harm's way. We talk about, you know, active shooter situations and things like that. If I were ever, God forbid, you know, I'm going to knock on some wood right now, okay? If I were ever to find myself in that kind of situation, my firearm is to secure my safety and get me the hell out of there. And if my wife's with me, make sure that she's safe and that she gets the hell out of there too. And in that unfortunate circumstance that I am confronted with somebody trying to do grievous bodily harm to me uh, or, or someone else, then that's the choice you have to make. That's the responsibility of, uh, uh, you know, owning a, a firearm. But I think just to kind of lighten the tone a little bit, I think that uh, a lot of people give gun ownership a bad rap. I think they listen to the news a little bit too much, um, you know, and I, it's, uh, it makes me happy, honestly, that I have more people reaching out right now to ask about buying a gun, you know, uh, where do I start? What do, what do I look for? Can you go with me? Honestly, if I had a friend get a hold of me and say, Hey man, I want to buy a gun. Can you go with me? Hell yeah, I can go with you, man. You're my best friend. There is nothing that gun people love more than helping their friends spend their money on another gun that they get to, you know, play with basically, (laughs) you know, it's exciting. They're expensive. I don't buy them all the time. I'm sure some people might. I don't, I don't buy, uh, a new gun every six months. God, I would love to, um, but I, it's just not realistic, right? So I don't think you're going to, as somebody who has questions, you're going to be pretty hard-pressed to reach out to one of your friends that owns guns and say, hey, man, I really want to buy a gun. Do you want to come with me? And have them say, you're an idiot. No, I'm not going with you. That is not the reaction you're going to get. And I think that people are afraid to ask, you know, I, I think maybe sometimes, uh, again, getting back to stigmas a little bit as a man, you're just supposed to know certain things. And one of them might be that when you go to buy a gun, you should just know what you're getting. And it's not the case. There's so many options. Now the technology has gone such a long way. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask, ask as many questions as you can, like, you know, be a sponge. It's just like anything else, right? Learn as much as you can, whether you're learning what you don't want or what you shouldn't do, you're still learning. That's still a positive experience. Okay. Even if the outcome isn't what you're looking for, you know, that's, that's still a learning experience. Uh, 
Now, if you are looking into buying your first firearm, uh, there are a couple, uh, you know, preconceived ideas that go along with buying a, uh, your first handgun. And a lot of people want to go gravitate towards uh, a small, a small handgun, you know, and even people that own guns and they're buying one for their wife for the first time. Oh, I'm gonna. She's just a little thing, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her a little 380 or some little pocket pistol because she's just a little thing. Well, the analogy I give people, because I found that it resonates with almost everyone, is imagine you got like a, like a big SUV, like a Suburban or something. You take that V8 out of that Suburban and you drop that in a Volkswagen Beetle. Okay. All the same power, all the same explosion in a much, much smaller package. It's going to be a lot harder to control, right? Okay. So smaller isn't always better. If you're, if you are out there right now and you're looking to buy your first gun, and you have no desire to carry right now, or carry concealed, I should say, by all means, go with a full-frame gun, right? Like a Glock 17, okay? 17 rounds in the magazine, one round in the in the tube, 18 rounds, okay? Uh, you look at some of the concealed carry options right now, uh, if you're talking Glocks, 43, that's six rounds plus one in the chamber, so that's seven, Okay. And it's a lot harder to shoot, easier to conceal, harder to shoot. And I don't think anybody who's been in a gunfight has ever come out of it saying, man, I I had way too many bullets for that. I feel bad that I had so much ammo there. Like, no, a a gunfight is not a fair fight. You don't want it to be a fair fight. You want to be the one with the odds in your favor, have more ammo than you need. Okay. And you'll find a lot of firearms instructors and concealed carry specialists, whatever that, that advocate all of that. When you leave the house with a gun, you should absolutely take a spare magazine with you because you just don't know, right? You don't know what it's going to take to get you out of a mall, right? You find yourself in a situation in a mall, mass shooter, okay? You don't know where the exits are. At least I'm thinking of some of these large outlet malls and stuff. Here in Michigan, we have, uh, it's called uh, it's a Great Lakes Crossing. Uh, it's a huge mall, huge outlet mall. I love going there because you can find pretty much everything you need. But I, don't, I know that to get to exits, um, they're few and far between unless you start running through stores and stuff and with everything going on, you don't know what it's going to take to secure your safety to get you out of that building away from what's going on. So, uh, plan for the worst, hope for the best. Right. And so we talk about being prepared. Okay. So don't go out and just buy the little one because it's the little gun, you know, and you think it's going to be easier to shoot. It's not a guarantee. Now there are some softer shooting small guns, you know, uh, I, personally have a 43 X clock 43 X. Uh, it's got a little bit larger frame than the normal 43, uh, holds 10 rounds plus one in the chamber. So it's 11. Um, there's also this, uh, aftermarket shield arms magazines you can get that, uh, bump that up to 15 rounds with one in the chamber. So that's a really good option. Shoots really soft compared to the smaller options out there. Um, I know Sam carries the, uh, the P365 great gun. See a lot of great reviews on it. Uh, given its small size, high capacity, uh, it's it's really popular right now. I haven't had a chance to try the uh, the Hellcat that's also out. I think that one's like 14 rounds or something. Uh, and but again, smaller is more difficult. I wish I would have known that and really followed that more adamantly when I bought my first firearm. Right, my first gun was a nine millimeter Smith and Wesson shield. It's a great gun. It is. Uh, at the time, single stack technology was the way it was. It's a thin gun. You can seal it easily. Eight rounds plus one, and uh, I was pretty good with that. Plus, it comes with a second magazine, so I had a, a spare seven with me. Um, it was 
it was hard to shoot, especially because I had just moved out. I just spent all the money on the gun, obviously. I had to buy all kinds of furniture. I didn't have money to go out and just blow on tons of ammo like most people don't. I didn't have money to go out and go get private lessons and, and learn how to shoot from uh, a professional. So what a lot of people do end up doing after they buy their first gun. Um, for a little bit there, I just stopped shooting it. And then uh, eventually I kind of embraced it and said, you know what, I did this. Uh, I need, you know, I want to carry it. And when I got my CCW, I, I need to be able to do this. And, you know, you check out YouTube. There's a lot of great information. There's a lot of bad information, but there's a lot of great information on YouTube from very reputable sources that talk about things like grip. Uh, they talk about things like your posture uh, and, and how you 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 need to control the firearm and things like that. Uh, so there's resources, but by all means, don't be ashamed to ask. Uh, I I think that that's the worst thing you could do is be afraid to ask somebody for help. You know, I I ask for help all the time. I don't think I have all the answers. I, in fact, I know I don't have all the answers, uh, and that's why I try to surround myself with people that that have more experience or different experience. Right? Everyone's uh, everyone's walk of life is is a little bit different. Um, and this is just one side of it. Like, obviously I'm, I'm really pro to a, you know, I just talked about it, uh, a lot, obviously. And there's people that aren't, and they will never be pro to a, uh, you know, but just find some common ground, have the discussion. Um, I think that that's really the key. Everyone wants to talk about, uh, you know, uh, common sense gun reform or, uh, until one side can agree to move, uh, we won't get anywhere. It's like, well, you know, all compromise, uh, by nature involves both sides giving a little. So, uh, maybe you compromise and you and your, some of your friends or something, or your significant other, whomever you're dealing with, uh, maybe you guys compromise, right? But at least you have a good discussion about it and you're spreading positive ideas. You're learning both sides. Uh, maybe there's something going on you didn't realize. Maybe there's a reason why so-and-so doesn't like guns. Maybe they had a bad experience. Maybe they're just afraid of them. They don't want to own one and it's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think that the one point that I can make that might be most impactful, uh, has already been made, right? Don't wait until it's, until it's your opportunity has gone by and it's too late to go buy a gun, right? Have it just in case. Well, now just in case is here, right? And you can't, you can't find anything at the stores, man. It's tough. You know, I, I have a couple friends I send links to on the regular right now when I find a good deal on either an AR-15 uh, or a uh, Smith & Wesson, Glock, or SIG handgun in 9mm. I go, hey, I know you're looking. I know you're thinking about it. I'm just letting you know this uh, website or this store has them in stock. This is actually a reasonable price. Um, but unfortunately, reasonable right now is not what it was a year ago, right? You're going to pay probably $100 more than... And what you could have if you had bought one last summer just because the demand right now is so incredibly high and most stores can't keep them in stock it sucks but you know um that's the reality of it right so don't wait if you can look into it right don't be uh don't be swayed by the media okay um, and I think that the fact, I think that that point proves itself because you don't see it in the news right now, right? Because even the people that were uh, some of the most stout advocates against it are looking for firearms now because you don't know. Look at this couple in St. Louis, right? 
uh, you know, Commando Karen and her husband or whatever, the, the pair of lawyers in St. Louis who defended their property after their gate was bashed in, uh, and you had people with baseball bats and, and what, God knows what else, on their property threatening them, and they defended their life. Uh, they, I mean, no shots were fired, but now they're being brought up on charges, and this, is, this whole big uh, back and forth from both sides, really, you know. Um, in that situation, given what you're looking at, I, I definitely probably would have done the same thing. Now, dealing with it after the fact is unfortunate. But, you know, there's insurance for that. There is concealed carry insurance. There is uh, USCCA. I am a member. Uh, it is a expense that I deem necessary, just like car insurance. You know, I want to be taken care of in the event that something happens to me. Uh, you know, if something were to happen to me, I want to make sure my wife is taken care of, If should something happen to her. Uh, you know, that's part of being prepared is the, the facets, the, the minutia that can go with us sometimes. And I think uh, that that's, that's something that really gets overlooked, honestly, is insurance, but it's an important part of it. You know, and I, and, uh, I, I just, I find it funny, you know, because before COVID uh, and, and before we had the lockdown and things really turned here, you saw a lot of the, this conversation on the news, right? Every time we had a school shooting and then, oh, let's arm the teachers. Which, you know, hey, if a teacher wants to carry in my mind, good by them. I'm, I'm okay with it. With the same understanding that anybody would be able, should be able to, to own and carry a gun. Eat, train with it. Be proficient with it. Okay? Otherwise, you're a liability. And that's, uh, you know, that's a little insensitive to some people, I guess, because I know not everyone gets out and trains as much as they should. Uh, but that's it, Right? If you're not competent with your with your weapon, then you become a liability, right? And I think um, that something to that point might might it might be a real solution. Honestly, you look at these uh, targeted attacks and uh, these terrible tragedies that happen at schools and movie theaters and, and bars and stuff. Um, they're all soft targets, right? And, and when I when I say soft target, uh, everybody that's in that area that's that's congregating and meeting in that area. They're unarmed because it's illegal for them to have a weapon there, right? You can't carry on school grounds. You can't carry in a bar. Uh, you, entertainment facilities that hold over, I know here in Michigan it's 2,500 people. Uh, you cannot concealed carry there. And if you try to open carry, most of the time they ask you to leave because you're making folks uncomfortable. Okay, But that's, you know, if you think about it from the other side, as somebody who wanted to go out and do that kind of harm and damage, you're going to go someplace where they're not going to shoot back, right? Uh, so it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it's very sad. You know, I hate uh, seeing, hearing, reading about that stuff. It's tragic. Um, but I, I think that, you know, having some somebody there in the right place at the right time, like that church, uh, attempted church shooting where the retired deputy was there to help, you know, that's that's an answer. It's something that's been proven, as it was at the, at the church in Texas, right? That that peace officer was there. He stopped it. Bam. Done. What stopped the bad guy with the gun? A good guy with a gun. Uh, it, to me, it, it seems very cut and dry. Um, you know, and, and to get back to the original point here of, you know, the stigma that you must want to kill some. It's not at all. It's a heavy conversation topic. I get it. It's heavy, man. Like no one, you don't like you talking about it. You want to talk about the fun part of shooting, the, the part where it is just fun, shooting targets and having fun at the range while you're training. 
Uh, that's why people like me are the way we are, because it, it is therapeutic to a point and it, it can be fun as long as you're keeping in mind the fact that you're, you're also trying to hone your skills and, uh, and build your proficiency and your confidence to go with it. You know, it, it's just, there's such a negative light that's, that's, that gets shined on this a lot. And I, I think it's, uh, improper. I think that if people did some research, they'd find, uh, a lot of interesting facts and they'd probably have differing opinions, um, about it. Really, the the media is mostly left-leaning. If you look at the major news outlets, uh, you got Fox News that leans to the right, is very right, and then you got like CNN and NBC and all these other ones that are very left-leaning. Uh, so that's all you really see is the negative, unless you, unless you go out and you search out this information for yourself. And that's if you guys follow us on Instagram, uh, prepared mindset pod on Instagram, uh, we're, that's our big message is one, obviously be prepared, but two, go out and do the research for yourself, right? Don't, don't take everything you see at face value. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, I know there's an old, old adage, you know, stereotypes exist for a reason. Yeah, there are stupid gun owners out there, okay? In, in our world, we call them FUDs, right? Uh, as in Elmer Fudd, uh, the, the Looney Tunes character, the, the goofy hunter who could never get it right. Um, because they, they think that because they hunt, they must know more about shooting than people that don't. Um, some people even frown upon this concept of defensive shooting. Uh, you shouldn't, you know, be owning or using a gun unless you're using it for hunting, and that we must all be a bunch of tinfoil hat wearing Looney Tunes to be this concerned with our protection. Well, now who's laughing, honestly? Uh, because that, and that was another one of the arguments was, when are you ever going to need a gun? When is this ever going to happen? You honestly think that this is going to happen? So, well, here we are. It's happening. And, uh, you know, those of us who are prepared are in a much better place than those who aren't. And getting going back to earlier discussions we've had on this podcast, right? It's really easy to say, well, I know where I'm coming when stuff hits the fan. Well, not necessarily. Um, you might knock, but we might not answer, you know? So you cannot rely on others for your own safety and protection. It's a, it, you just, you can't. If you have a network in, of, of friends and contacts that you can lean on in, in situations, then that's fantastic. But I think most of, in the most basic sense of having a network like that, you have to be able to contribute to it, right? So no one's going to want to be around you if you can't shoot straight, if you don't know how to work your firearm, or if you don't have some kind of other contributing skill. Okay, so think about that as well. All right, um, you know this is uh, interesting times for sure. So uh, I encourage everyone: if you're one of the people that up to this point didn't uh, know that you wanted a firearm or not, go look into it, man. For sure, um, and get the training. All right, go to a range. If you if you live in an area where you can get outside, get outside and shoot. The honestly, if you've made the decision to buy a gun, the first thing I tell anybody that tells that, that tells me that is, okay, now when you go home, go home and play with the gun. Everyone goes, What are you talking about? It's not a toy. Uh, again, stigma. Think about what I'm saying. Go home and play with it, right? Uh, figure out how it works. Okay, it's just like anything else you buy that's new and fancy and expensive, right? You buy a home entertainment system. 
You come home, you plug it in, you start playing with it and figure out how to do all that stuff. Your Alexa app, everything, all that stuff. Uh, but you, you have to understand how it works and obviously make sure the weapon is clear, make sure it's unloaded, keep all the ammo either at the furthest part of the room away from you or in a totally different part of the room, or uh, I'm sorry, different part of the house. But, uh, you know, dry fire, uh, get comfortable holding it. You shouldn't be scared. Uh, it's something that uh, when you are confronted with danger, you want to be able to fall back on what experiences, training, muscle memory you have, right? And that's, you know, you see it all too often in the news. Oh, somebody, so-and-so had a gun and uh, they shot somebody by accident uh, because they were trying to help and didn't know how, or they were disassembling their gun and they and trying to clean it or something and it went off because you you never spent the time properly learning how to clear your gun how to take it apart so if you've made the decision a that's great b spend the time to learn about what you're doing put the time in right it's a responsibility okay uh don't let you know don't let the the fear of what might happen uh be the driving deciding factor when you look at this because uh, there's, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of stigma out there. There's a lot of stereotypes out there. Um, you know, contrary to popular belief, uh, things like AR-15, AR doesn't stand for assault rifle. The media will say that all the time. Oh, it's an assault rifle. No, assault is just a part of speech, right? Um, which I'm terrible at, so I don't I can't remember if that's a pronoun or, or whatever. Uh, AR stands for Armalite Rifle. Armalite is the company that designed the rifle, and the design is uh, so common. It's just, it's an AR-15. You have dozens and hundreds of companies out there making the AR-15, uh, but it's not an assault rifle, right? Okay. Uh, the news would have you believe otherwise. Oh, it's a weapon of mass murder. No, you know, people do use it for hunting. It's a modern sporting rifle. The Second Amendment even calls it, uh, you know, we have the right to defend ourselves, and a lot of people want to go back and say that the, that was referring to muskets. Well, the AR-15 is your modern-day musket. Or, if you prefer, yeah, you can get an AK, an AK-47. Um, again, those are semi-automatic rifles. They're not assault weapons. They're not machine guns. They just they look that way because of the stigma uh, that we have been, uh, I, I guess, exposed to in, in Hollywood you know, you see it on TV. The bad guys have AK-47s. The good guys have AR-15s or M-16s or whatever, right? Um, but you do a little bit of reading, you look it up, it's it's really not not true. You know, um, there's a lot behind all of this stuff. And it's incredibly fun to shoot an AR-15. I've, I've shot an AK. Fun to shoot. Actually, soft shooting, uh, given the size of the cartridge, the 7.62 cartridge that goes with a, with an AK. Um, I, and if things were different, I'd actually consider buying one. Uh, with that being said, I'm definitely an AR-15 type of person. Uh, I just built my, my first upper receiver and I'm working on completing that build. Um, they're good for defensive situations. You live out in the country, you can reach out to hundred, 200 meters with a, we'll call it a standard AR, um, you know, have a good optic on it, whatever. Uh, it's good. You can go varmint hunting. You can go regular hunting with an AR. Uh, it's just, it's not just a military weapon. It has, we have been uh, pre-programmed to think that that must be military when we see it because it's in a lot of TV and a lot of movies. That's not the case. We also see, 
you know, uh, a lot of things in TV that we think, uh, you know, whether it's uh, something we associate with race or sex or, or creed that are just not, that's like saying, you know, I want to get into it because you say something offensive and people hold it against you. But you think about all the stuff you see on TV and it's just not the way it is. Guns are no different, man. So if you want to own one, go out and get one. If you think people are crazy for owning one, go talk to some of your friends and find out why. You might be surprised at what you learn. It might change your mind, man. I definitely didn't. I left high school thinking I had it all figured out, you know, just like everybody else that leaves high school at 18. Never thinking that I would be, I've ever voted uh, Republican. I never thought I'd own a gun. Um, definitely didn't think I'd ever get married. And uh, all that's basically been proven uh, completely false at this point. So ignore the stigmas. Educate. If you're somebody out there that knows the difference between the media and the real world here, educate, right? That's the point of all this, right? Educate people. You have to desensitize people to these fears and stigmas and stereotypes that go with, uh, you know, certain types of guns and gun ownership, you know, and, and it, it brings us all closer together as a society and closer to resolving the issues we have as a society, right? It's all about open discussion. Um, and it's all about being prepared to have that discussion and being well-informed, right? You know, it's part of your responsibility as an American, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but uh, look into it. You know, if, you, if you're thinking about it, now might be the time to really think about it, really look into it. Uh, but that's all I got for you guys. You know, uh, it's something I feel really passionate about, obviously. Uh, if you guys have questions or anything, uh, prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a message. We'll try and discuss your topic. Uh, also, at prepared.mindset.pod on Instagram. Check out the page. Give us a few likes. Give us a few follows. You know, let your friends know. Tell us about the podcast. Uh, if there's something you want us to talk about or think we could do better, uh, please let me know, man. Uh, until next time, you guys stay prepared out there.